I want to talk to you today about something here titled that I've titled The Conditions for a Peaceful Heart. So with the insanity going on in our world and in our country, how can you be at peace in the midst of, of it all? I'm hearing stuff from Christians that sometimes concerns me when they say, well, I don't want to bring a child into this world. Well, you see, you see, you don't have a choice because God said, be fruitful and multiply. See, it's the other side that's wanting to kill off their offspring. It's Christians who want to glorify God and raise children in the admonition and the training of the Lord. So you can have a peaceful heart in the midst of a changing world, knowing that if you obey God and honor God, God will take care of the things you can't control. And you can have peace in the midst of the storm. So I've titled the message today, Conditions, if you look at the uh, title screen here, The Conditions for a Peaceful Heart. Get your Bibles, go with me to Philippians 4, and let's stand together. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. So the Bible says here, (laughs) Do not be anxious about anything. Now let me just say this, in verses 4 through 5, it talks about, it says, rejoice in the Lord. Look at, look at the emphatic words, always. I will say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. And then in verse 6, do not be anxious. Do not be bent out of shape. Do not get your dander up, and we won't go any further, okay? About, look at the emphatic word anything but in every situation there it is another emphatic but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding Look at what it will do. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, are praiseworthy think about such things or meditate focus on these things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me paul is saying or seen in me put it into practice basically in your life and the god of peace will be with you let's pray Father, thank you for the absolute truth of your word and for the promise 
that we can have peace in our hearts, even in a turbulent, confusing, God-hating world and culture. May that peace give us strength. May it guard our hearts. May it guide us through these times. And I prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, everybody. Thank you. Conditions for a true heart, for a peaceful heart. There are three things I want you to see in this very passage here. And it has to do with, in order to have the kind of peace we're talking about, you got to do some things right. You really do. Now, I'm known to be the kind of person that doesn't try to confuse you with, uh, well, I... Somebody said of me recently that I wasn't the intellectual one on the staff. <laughs> They're right. They're right. And, and they didn't mean that in any harm. I know they didn't. Um, and that's not to mean that those who might see things more intellectually are wrong because they're not. We're all different, correct? But I try as a pastor to be as practical as I can. And so there are some things that are wrong. And there are some things that are right. And you might say, well, pastor, aren't there some gray areas? Well, there are some areas that may seem to be grayish, that we, we, we may not know if they're black or they're white, you know, if they're right or they're wrong. But then as you grow as a Christian, those gray areas become clearer to you because you realize they're not for you to know. And then you just put your faith and trust in the Lord and you let God handle those things that you can't know if they're right or wrong. God gives you discernment. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. So, what I want to look at today, in order to have a peaceful heart, there are some things you've got to do right. The first thing is this, and stay with me on this. It's what I call right praying. The right kind of praying. You say, what do you mean by that? Can we pray in the wrong way? Oh, absolutely. You can pray with the wrong heart. You can pray with the wrong motives. The Bible says that you pray and ask God in James that you might spend it on your on your pleasures and on yourselves. He calls us adulterers and those who are friendship, we want to have friendship with the world. The Bible tells us about that, that <laughs> the wrong motives and the wrong kind of praying, you know, it's wrong. And, and, and we can have the wrong way of praying. But the Bible talks about the right kind of praying. And he says here, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, first of all, by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving. So, <clears throat> what, is, what is the right kind of praying? Notice the first point here. Prayer. Okay? Well, first sub-point. Prayer. What is prayer? Can somebody define for me what prayer is? Come on, help me out. What, what is prayer? What? 
speaking. What else? Kenny? Huh? Okay, asking God for help. That's exactly right. That's scriptural. Somebody said what? Somebody said, Gerald? Listening, right? Listening. So prayer is the vehicle in which we communicate in relationship to God. Prayer is not something that can only be done in one bodily position or in one place. Now the Bible does talk about, you know, that, that, that our prayer time should be for the most part in private, you know, our personal prayer life, that our only time of prayer shouldn't be in the public square where people can hear our, our amazing words and we are trying to impress people. That's, the Bible says that's not what we're supposed to do. It doesn't mean that you can't have public prayer, but it means that your public prayer should be, should be an overflow of your private prayer life. And the Bible says to go find you a closet. And the concept there is to find you a place where you can be quiet and where you can hear God and where you can speak to God. So prayer is the way that we communicate with God. As a matter of fact, it's so important that the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Now, can you imagine what it would be like on Wednesday morning when school gets started here this Wednesday morning? And everybody is driving like chickens with their heads cut off as though they've never driven to a school before or to the school that their kids are going to. And why is it that on that first morning of school, every, I mean, it's nuts out there, right? I mean, you say a little town like Newberry, <laughs> I'm telling you, you want to see something? Show up at 7, starting at 7 o'clock. And 7.30 and 8 and 8.30. And, and just, just go watch. Hey, get in your car and go drive through that and watch yourself. Put that blood pressure sleeve on and see what happens. It's crazy, right? What if everybody took the prayer literally or took the command literally that says, Pray without ceasing, and you have this concept that all prayer must be done with your eyes closed and in a certain way. And so you're driving down the road, and you say, well, i I, I got to pray without ceasing. Uh, no, dummy, open your eyes and drive. I had the privilege of playing golf yesterday. My fifth time this year, fifth time in the last five years. I didn't play for five years. And DJ always says, um, you know, hey, because I, I always I always say this, you know, so everybody knows. I, say, I haven't played golf in five years, and DJ says, well, it looks like it. <laughs> but the dirty little secret is that if I played for the next five years, I would, it would still look the same. <laughs> so I went and played DJ coach, and coach and I were riding in the same golf cart, and he starts praying and he's driving and I, I so I, I bow my head and I'm closing my eyes and, and I'm I'm thinking I sure hope he ain't closing his eyes <laughs> and he's praying man and we're just going down there and I'm like oh yeah because I've done that I've been I've been in a car before the Lord I pray whoa, whoa you driving you idiot you know so prayer right praying has to do with prayer look at the second thing here all right 
Right praying has to do with petition. Kenny mentioned it. It's asking God for things. It's laying the needs out before Him. There's nothing wrong with that. It's laying those out, the needs that you have. Notice I said needs, not wants. We're, we're not talking here about Santa Claus. We're talking about the creator of the universe, your creator who knows you better than you know yourself. Let me give you a little secret here. One of the keys to a peaceful heart in prayer is that as you grow as a Christian, the content of your prayers change and your requests begin to change. You, you, you gravitate more from, you know, you start praying a lot about, about you and you start praying, you know, Lord, please open up this job for me. Lord, please, you know, this relationship. God, you know, if it's possible, Lord, you know, I, I, I really like that truck, uh, that car. Um, you know, God, God, there's a big old deer I got on camera and, uh, you know, the neighbor, he's killed some big ones and I don't have enough of them. And Lord, if you, if you would be so kind. And, and you know, it, it, we start praying like that, right? That's how we pray. I, I really believe that's kind of, that, that, that's, that's infant praying. And, and that's okay. It's important. We, we start praying that way. But as we grow, our petitions change. And it's no longer about what I want or what I think I might need. We get to a point in our prayer life that we know he knows us better than we know himself. As a matter of fact, y'all, I'm, I'm just be honest with you. I have no idea most of the time what I need. Other than what the scriptures tell me. Well, God, if you'll work this relationship out in this situation, boy, he would give me, I don't know if that's what would be good for me or not. I have no idea. I might be asking for a certain thing that could be detrimental to me. It might look good to me, but I don't see all the layers that God sees. He sees it all. And so my petitions become like this. Lord, may I glorify you in all that I do. And whatever comes my way, be it storm, sunshine, beautiful things, um, uh, difficult things, Lord, may I glorify you in all of it. And you quit asking why, you start asking what. What can I do to serve you and your petitions change over time now there are some petitions that are very very that, that will never change like father i pray that you would move upon my children that they would fall in love with you and have a relationship with you if you're a parent you should always pray for your kids you don't quit becoming their parent when they become adults you, the nature of your relationship changes and they become adults but you can still pray for them. Those are petitions. All right? And in the right kind of praying, look at, look at here, is thanksgiving. Look at what the Bible says here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving. It's hard to pray without being thankful. Even when you find yourself in the most difficult situation and the most trying circumstance and the most heart-wrenching circumstance that you, that you might find yourself in, you still, when you approach God, you're so thankful for the basic 
but most important thing, and that's your salvation. And my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. We read today in Sunday school that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father forever and ever. Amen. We read about that. And aren't you glad that you're not going to be one of those? You know, it, it's now or later. We're talking about the candy. You remember the old candy, that, uh, that, that taffy, those square taffy things? You remember that? It's called now or later. You can either bow the knee to Jesus now and declare him as Lord or, and, and go to heaven. Or you can do it later in the next life and be sent into everlasting punishment. And you will do it willingly. You will not be forced to confess him because everything in you will recognize he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the very fact that we belong to him and he has come upon us and we have received the gospel and we, we have been, been redeemed and bought by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ and that we are forgiven. I mean, wow. Shouldn't we have so much thanksgiving in us? So the conditions, the key to a peaceful heart is the right kind of praying. Communication with God, which is what prayer is. It's talking to Him all the time. Petition, seeking and asking Him for things that are in accordance with His will. And then the spirit of deep thanksgiving for all that He's done isn't that beautiful? Let me give you a second kind of right that you need if you're going to have a peaceful heart. It's right thinking. Right kind of thinking. Can I? I like the sound of that. That means I'm serious. Y'all, listen. Listen to me, please. You know, one of the number one things that I find as a pastor that just trips up so many Christians, you're not thinking right. Your mind is being manipulated by a culture that's completely anti-God. And a lot of times you don't even realize it. From the music we listen to, to the to the to the the TikToks we follow to the social media stuff that's just pounding our minds and our heads to our friends and all the communication that we're getting and all the media and on and on and on. It just never stops, never stops, never stops, never stops, never stops. And it's constantly putting within us the wrong kinds of thinking. It's not truth. No wonder we can't have peace. No wonder. Our minds are a mess. And wrong thinking leads to horrible decisions and bad things in life. So, yeah, there it is. So you see, you see it here in verse 8. He goes here, look, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. Now he says, think on these things. Look at, look at the scripture. Think about such things, the very end of it. 
Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I ask you this question. Have you ever been told you're this or that in a negative way? You've lived any time and you've desired to do anything, you've been told something. Like, well, you don't love me, or you don't care for me, or you haven't changed. Have you ever heard that one? After you've been saved for many years, and maybe you had a moment where you, you sinned, or, or maybe somebody didn't like what you did, or what have you, and somebody threw that out at you and said, you haven't changed. You know where that comes from? That comes from the very spirit of hell, because the Bible says that Satan, Lucifer, is the accuser of the brethren. That's wrong thinking. You're not that person. Can I be honest with you? And I I don't mean this anybody um we have people in our church who who have um overcome unbelievable abuse problems substance abuse problems i know people that have gone through 12-step programs and have gotten help but i found that they don't stay that way unless they get the 13th step, which is surrender everything to Jesus. And in so doing, what happens is that you never have to say this. Alcoholics Anonymous, and, I, and look, I'm not against them. I think they do a lot of good. But I disagree with one main deal that they have, and it's this. My name is Corey Sheremy. I'm an alcoholic. I don't agree with that if you're a Christian. My name is Corey Sheremy, and such was I. But I've been washed, I've been sanctified, I've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a new creation in Him. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Spirit of God lives within me. I'm a new person in Jesus Christ. I'm not that person anymore. That's right thinking. I'm not a product of my past sins. I'm a child of God who's been redeemed, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I have a great future, and I have all these promises available to me. And I have this peace that passes all understanding, all human understanding. It transcends it all, and I've got it in Jesus Christ because I've I've got the right kind of praying. I'm doing some things right, and I've got the right kind of thinking. He says here, Think about such things. Meditate on these things. Look at what he said. The things that are true. And when Satan comes at you through another person with a lie, you've got to flush that. <laughs> you say, how do I do it? Let me give you these three passages of Scripture because they all, they all go together and then I'll deal with this. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 9. No, that's what the Bible says about itself and about the truth. The law of the Lord is perfect. 
So where did I get my right thinking from? The law of the Lord. Refreshing the soul, Claire. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. I build my life on them, making wise the simple. The next one, there you go. The precepts of the Lord are right. <laughs> right. Told you. There's some things that are right and some things that are wrong. Giving joy to the heart. Joy and peace go together. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. Notice what the Bible says about your mind, right kind of thinking, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Jesus repl- replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And one thing that we just kind of gloss over, and with all your mind. Notice the emphasis on the word all, and then your mind. So how do we do that? 2 Corinthians 10, 5, here it is. We demolish arguments, which are lies, and every pretension, every, every lie that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we destroy those things, and we take them captive. We take captive every thought, everything we think, to make it obedient to Christ. So I think some of us are discouraged And some of us deal with more depression than we should have and more discouragement than we should have or we we should. Because we're not focusing on what's true. We're focusing on a lie. We're not focusing on what's noble and right and pure and lovely, admirable, and of good report, excellent and praiseworthy. I remember years ago, you know, as I'm, I'm the oldest of four children, and as we all became adults, so my, 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 my brother, he's four years younger than me, my sister's five years younger than me, and then my last sister, she's 12 years younger than me. I raised her. And as we became adults and started living our lives, you know, every now and then we'd call mom and dad and, boy, we'd have a problem with one of our siblings. And they always tried to help us to work the problem. And I remember my dad telling me this one time. I was upset with my brother. And, boy, I was just upset. And I, I needed, I, I was just telling dad what I thought. And he'd go, hup, 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 stop. He goes, son, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, man, I need my dad. I need to. He says, no, 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 you're not talking about the problem. You're talking about your brother. And he said, that's not noble. It's not right. It's not pure. It's not lovely. It's not admirable. It's not of good report. It's not excellent and praiseworthy. So why are we talking about it? I'm his daddy, too. That's how parents spank their adult children when they get older. They spank them with truth. 
to the right kind of thinking. Man, you want to have a peaceful heart? You've got, listen, you've got to control what's coming in here, what's coming into your mind and heart. And what are you listening to? What are the podcasts that you're following? What's the songs that you're listening? I'm, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I, I'm really not. And, you know, I, I like some good secular songs, too, that sing about marriage and, you know, love songs. Man, I'm, 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 I'm a French descent. Man, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay. Shad bet. Oh, baby. Anyway, okay. And so we need to think about the right things. Church, some of you are struggling so bad because your thinking is so wrong. And you're being influenced by so much and you're not allowing the good the truth to filter some of that stuff out look I'm a, I'm a mature Christian I can handle a lot but I'm at that point now where I just don't watch the news a whole lot anymore don't when I'm getting a little nosy I watch TV 20 Make sure none of my church members got arrested today. <laughs> Nothing like it, man. I'm on vacation one time. I got a text. All it is, it's a mug shot. And I'm like, oh, man. Right kind of thinking. Let me give you the last thing. It's this. Right praying and right thinking leads to right living. The right kind of living. Verse 9. Look at what Paul says. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me. Isn't that how we learn? We, we hear it. We receive it. We see it modeled in somebody's life. Man, that's the best way to learn. Then he says here, so what you've seen, what you've learned, the truth, the good, the noble, those things, put into practice in your life, he's saying. Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So you got to do some things right. you got to have the right praying. you got to have the right kind of thinking. And it leads to the right kind of living. What you've learned, what you've received, what you've heard, what you've seen, now incorporate that into your life. And you too can have victory. These glorious things are not just for the Apostle Paul. They're not just for Pastor Corey. They're for Joe and Jim and Coach, right? And for Mary. And all of us. For Kenny. These things that you've heard and seen... Take them and employ them into your repertoire. Adrian Rogers, a great pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church, who's in heaven now, he used to say this. You go to a conference, man, you get all these great messages and sermons, and people would always ask him, Dr. Rogers, can, can, I, can, I, 
use these notes and preach it back in my church? He said, well, of course. He goes, they're not mine. They belong to God. But he says, here's what I would say. He would say this. He goes, you can use my bullets. Just make sure you shoot them out of your gun. And what he was saying was, you can take these things, just, but make sure it comes from your heart, it comes from your life. And, 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 you know, and when you preach them to your people, it's got to be something you live, and, and it's got to fit your church. Sure. Well, in the same way, i got a life to live. I'm like a bow. And I got arrows in my quiver. And I get opportunities every now and then to launch those arrows and let them fly. I practice and try to get the right kind of equipment and get that thing tuned in. And and when you shoot, you try to breed right. You try to do the right things. And you launch that thing. It's like the right living. So you get the truth. Right living is when you launch the arrow. You get all this stuff. Bow and arrow does you no good if you don't use it. You can have all the knowledge in the world about God and about the Lord and you could you could know it all. But God's Word is not designed to know intellectually. It's designed to know personally and to apply and to live out. That's why it's called spiritual food. It's nourishment. So you want to have a peaceful heart? Man, you got to employ these things and start living right. You can't live wrong and expect the right things to happen. It's not possible. It's not possible. You can't be having one night stands and sleeping around, unmarried, doing it contrary to what God has said, fathering children, and wondering why you have no peace in your life. It's just it's because you're getting what you can do. That's wrong living. One of the scary things that's, that's going on today, now listen, I'm going to make a statement here. I would love to be wrong on this. There are some of you and some of our young people that are in this very building today or that are in our very church right now, at some point will depart from the faith. And they'll choose that it's not for them. Because they faked it for so long. They didn't have the right kind of thinking, the right praying. On the outside, they looked right. And then they couldn't employ it into their living. And finally, they just, they just started doing what their heart was doing all along. That's just the way it is. It's not just young people. It's other people at times. Some will depart from the faith. And the Bible says, those who went out from among us were never of us to begin with. And you're going to make a choice of how you want to live. But know this. You make the wrong choice, 
you get the wrong results. You get the results that come with that. My wife, Miss Penny, and she's in the building here, and I'm cognizant of that so I don't get in trouble today. Last week when I said, uh, talked about her sleeping habits, that um, notice I didn't say anything else. I just said sleeping habits today. Last week I said something else. And uh, she told me in the foyer after church, she goes, I'll be waiting for you at home. I want to talk to you. I told Justin Law and them, I said, keep me here as long as you can. <laughs> there was a good point I was going to make with that. It really was. <laughs> I saw her and it just scared me. <laughs> I got to be right. I got to live right. Gosh, that was a good point I wanted to make. Yep. You say, well, preacher, you're chasing rabbits. You know what I found? When you chase them and you kill them, and you, they're good to eat. <laughs> Sometimes they escape you, though. Unlike the Pauls. At the Pauls house, they just kill them. Oh, gosh. Stick to it. So right praying, right thinking, right living. You're going to get what you get. You want to have a peaceful heart? Those are three. They're not easy to do, but they're, they're three simple things. And God will meet you there. They're not impossible. And He'll grow you in them. And you start getting the results of that. I used to think that, before I became a Christian, that older people slept well because they just got tired and old. But I have found out that older people usually don't sleep as well anymore. Now, I don't necessarily sleep well because of some of the issues that I have physically, but I'm going to tell you what I do. I go to sleep well. I can go to sleep at night in peace. Remember the prayer we used to pray as kids? Some of you may not have prayed this. My mom taught me this prayer. I lay me down. Let's see. I lay my head down to sleep. Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Mom used to pray that prayer, and I used to get scared. You mean there's a chance I could die before I wake? I'm not going to sleep. I told my brother one night, I said, I'm not going to sleep. He goes, why? I said, I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm going to die. Did you hear what she just prayed? And he goes, well, of course she's praying that if you die, you're going to like go to be with the Lord. I said, well, I don't want to die. <laughs> Man, I was scared. Scared to go to sleep. I remember one time I watched the movie, went to the New drive-in. No, it wasn't the drive-in theater anymore. Uh, uh, drive-in. We had a drive-in. It was the new, the new cinema. A theater, man. Watch The Legend of Boggy Creek. Sasquatch in Arkansas. I couldn't sleep for two years. Once it got dark, I was scared of Bigfoot. 
By the way, if you believe in that, I guarantee you, if Bigfoot existed, rednecks would have put them on top of their pickup trucks a long time ago. I know I would. But I've been able to go to sleep at night since I've become a Christian in peace because of the peace that comes, that transcends all understanding that comes from Jesus. I'm able to go to sleep at night knowing that even if I had a bad day and I sinned, that I still belong to Him. I confess my sin. He is just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I know that my works couldn't save me, and my works can't unsave me. And I can go to sleep at night knowing that if when I open my eyes again, if that's how it works, and I'm not here on this earth, that I'll be in heaven with Jesus. There's great peace there. Not only going to sleep for eternity, but I can wake up each day not knowing what that day will bring. You, you realize that, right? You, you do know that, correct? You don't have control of what's going to happen in the day. You think you do, and you might have a schedule, and it might go according to that plan. But many, many, many times it doesn't. And you can have peace knowing that God, it's all right. God's never going to leave you. He's there with you, and you've got the truth of the Lord Jesus that no matter what comes your way, He is with you. He'll be glorified through it all. Those are the conditions. Right praying, right thinking, right living. Join me, my friends, in these three things, and may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard our hearts. In Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to have that peace which passes all human understanding. To know that it's available to us and to know that it's applicable to our lives. To know that in this life we may not ever no perfect rest but we can have the beautiful peace of the Lord Jesus Christ in us anybody in this building today that you have never truly given your life to him you've never been able to nail down that ultimate peace and you're not sure if you do lay your head down at night and you don't wake where you might go you can have the assurance in Jesus of eternal life. It's not something you earn. It's something He gives freely because He paid for it. All you have to do is by faith, that's how you receive it, trust Him right now in your heart. Right now, call out to Him. Trust Him. Believe upon Him. Let Him be the Lord of your life by repenting, turning from your sin, 
and turning to God. He will transform you instantaneously. He will make you brand new. And He'll give you a new way to live. You pray to Him. He hears you. He hears you with a quiet voice just in your heart. And then I'm going to encourage you when we begin to sing, if you've prayed that, if you reached out to him and you want to make that decision public, I'm asking you to do so, to confess him before men, to present yourself as someone who wants to follow in believer's baptism, to publicly declare your allegiance and faith to Jesus. <coughs> and in church, if you're saved, you belong to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Come to him today and gain the peace that he has for you. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. As our team leads us.